Welcome to Constitution Corner. I'm your host, Robert Owens. Follow me on Twitter, at Robert Owens JD. If you appreciate this content, please like and subscribe below as this simple action advances the message of liberty. In 1796, George Washington, performing his duties pursuant to Article 2, Section 3, delivered his eighth and final speech to the Joint Chambers of Congress. Article 2, Section 3 simply says, the President shall from time to time give to Congress information on the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. In 1796, the event was called an annual message to Congress, but today we refer to this event as the State of the Union Address. Now, unlike today's State of the Union, where the president oftentimes inflates so-called facts, the annual address to Congress in the early years was a serious matter. The event was considered the president's opportunity to set the tone and agenda for the year. And in 1796, during his final address to Congress, George Washington laid out one of his most essential policies to ensure a successful future. He said, a primary object of American universities should be the education of our youth in the science of government. In a republic, what species of knowledge can be equally important? And what duty more pressing on its legislature than to patronize a plan for communicating it to those who are to be the future guardians of the liberties of the country? Is there any cause for concern that our nation has failed to heed this advice? Recent studies have revealed that college graduates have a shocking lack of knowledge when it comes to U.S. history. In a survey conducted by the American Council of Trustees and Alumni, only 24% of college graduates were able to identify correctly one of the foundational principles of the U.S. government, which is the purpose of the Bill of Rights. The consequences of this lack of historical knowledge are significant. Students who lack a deep understanding of the foundations of the United States may be more susceptible to misinformation and propaganda, particularly in the current climate of polarized politics. They may also miss out on the sense of correct constitutional relationship among the states and the federal government, knowing the source of our rights and an understanding of the right of the people to alter or abolish governments that have become tyrannical and ultimately would lack any appreciation of the responsibility that comes with understanding the country's history and institutions. In 1831, a visitor from France named Alexander de Tocqueville toured the new nation and wrote a book about what he observed. On the subject of political education, he commented, every citizen is taught the history of his country and the leading features of its constitution. It is extremely rare find a man imperfectly acquainted with all these things, and a person wholly ignorant of them is sort of a phenomenon. Today, there are some that are fighting back against the tide of anti-American globalism by heeding George Washington's critical advice. For instance, North Carolina has introduced House Bill 96, the Reclaiming College Education on America's Constitutional Heritage Act of 2023. House Bill 96 simply requires college students to earn three credit hours of instruction in American history or American government in order to graduate. Now, it'd be hard to imagine any legitimate opposition to such a bill. Indeed, the only reasonable objection is that three credit hours of instruction is hardly sufficient to equip the future guardians of liberty 
as described by Washington. But of course, there's an opposition, an opposition with an agenda, an anti-American agenda. Regular viewers to Constitution Court, and I'm sure all of you have already hit and hit that like and subscribe bell, are well aware that we have a strong anti-American element that is pervasive in our education system. The globalists have principally infiltrated American education systems through an organization called the Council on Foreign Relations. Admiral Chester Ward, formal judge advocate of the US Navy, was a CFR member for 16 years before resigning in disgust. And he made clear the purpose of the CFR. The main purpose of the Council on Foreign Relations is promoting the disarmament of US sovereignty and national independence and submergence into an all powerful one world government. In the 1975 book, Kissinger on the Couch, co-authored with Phyllis Schlafly, Admiral Ward explained how this was done. He said, once the ruling members of the CFR have decided that the US government should adopt a particular policy, the very substantial research facilities of the CFR are put to work to develop arguments, intellectual and emotional, to support the new policy and to confound and discredit intellectually and politically any opposition. Satan has many tools in his psychological warfare arsenal, and one of his favorites is to accuse the opposition of doing exactly what Satan is already doing. And we see that play out clearly in the battle over North Carolina House Bill 96. In an open letter, a group of University of North Carolina Chapel Hill professors argued that requiring a mere three hours of instruction on American government and history will damaged the reputation of UNC in the state of North Carolina because it substitutes ideological force feeding for the intellectual expertise of faculty. Of course, the faculty at UNC Chapel Hill is already doing a fine job of damaging the reputation of UNC and the state of North Carolina just by penning such a stupid letter. But the more insidious aspect of their comments is revealing. These professors are overt and dedicated enemy agents of the United States of America. They have a clear mission to lie to American youth and misrepresent the basic tenets of liberty. They seek to obfuscate and hide the truth that the essence of freedom is the proper limitation of government. And the results are telling. In 2019, a Gallup poll, nearly 50% of college-age youth in America have a positive view of socialism. Conditioning our youth for a positive view of socialism is the intellectual expertise of the faculty that they champion with the added bonus that hopefully they can bury these children in debt and destroy their chastity in the process. Our youth are being stolen from us right under our noses. And the answer is to fight back with vigor and resolve. And the best way to fight back in a meaningful way is with exceptional intelligence, an advanced understanding of the enemy, and a dedicated team of fellow constitutional warriors. All of this is available at the John Birch Society. Join with me today at jbs.org. Don't just know your constitution, live it.